Welcome to the Top Order Podcast. It's Baldy's Cricketing Labour of Love. This little segment started out three years ago. We talked about five players per episode for the first couple of years. We got down to two of the final four, probably about six months ago, and talked about two of the greatest spinners in world test cricket history, Shane Warne and Murali. We're now on to the final two. Before we do, a quick word about the algorithm. It stood three years ago when we started this. I'm sure there'd be some debate around the entrance into the final 100 on the Top Order Podcast Cricketing Hall of Fame. But we are here to discuss numbers one and two, all coming up after the swish. Stay tuned. Well, if I can hijack the show to open, mainly because I forgot my microphone, so I apologise to viewers <laughs> of YouTube to make this awkward between me and Binksy. Um, but I have, I have a, a little celebration. We actually have turned four uh, in, yeah, in the time that we have all not been together, which has been a little while. Uh, so the podcast has turned four. I'm just going to stick that there. Um, and in the spirit of drawing out this podcast even a little bit longer, I've brought for you a gift. Are you going uh, to like that? Uh, I that so seems dangerous. But, but not while we're on air. Not on my new um, waxed table. Exactly. Order. Now, these are not wines for drinking, as they say in Monty Python. These are wines for laying down and avoiding. Um, but we'll start with you, Raj. Uh, for the pettest of pet shots, the cover drive. That one goes to you. Um, happy fourth birthday. Thank you. Uh, Binksy, for you celebrating your great good work on grounds all around the northern and southern hemisphere the iron horse with the tractor on it goes to you oh very good now Stuart I know you don't drink wine but I'm going to buy you wine anyway um, and so I'm going to give you this the hunting lodge with the gate on it and I'm going to give it to you knowing that that's probably the only gate that you'll never go through ah oh, so very nice see what I did there very so nice so anyway happy fourth birthday chaps it's been a fantastic ride and may there be many more years to come many happy returns to you all Thank you, Baldy. Well, look, next time, rather than spending half an hour prattling around at fucking New World, why don't you just bring your microphone? But we are going to kick on with it. <laughs> I haven't sorted months ago. months in the making, months in planning. And but he doesn't even get a gift for his own, for his yeah. own celebration. Did you buy yourself a, a bottle of wine? No, I bought, I bought a cake and then I ate it. <laughs> okay. That's where the candle's from. <laughs> right. Um, uh, this is not in the script, to be honest, so I'm, I'm going to go to the, the run notes. But Let's have a pop. Let's have a pod. But in, in terms of, for a quick reminder, we are going to talk about the final two in our Cricketing Hall of Fame. So, yeah, three or so years ago, Baldy put together a very, very detailed set of statistics. We've gone through the greatest test cricketers in the men's uh, game. Um, so this is test cricket uh, specific. We're down to the final two. The final two are batters. We are going to stick about 12 minutes on the clock for each, but I think we're going to, we're going to interject between the two, aren't we? I think through the course, of, crossover, yeah, yeah. Th through the course of this podcast. Um, but in terms of format, Baldy, I think we want to hand over really and, and go through the stats, don't we, for entrant number uh, ent entrant number two into yeah. the men's cricket hall of fame. Thanks, Bixie. Um So entrant number two in the hall of fame is is Sachin Tendulkar. So he played famously two hundred Test matches. So one of the most famous numbers in. In cricket, 329 innings, 15,921 test runs at an average of 53.78, a higher score of, of course, 248 not out, uh, 51 test centuries to go with, I think, 49 one-day centuries, giving him 100 international centuries across those two formats, um, 68 test 50s. Um, his average above replacement player is plus 12.96. So for those who have joined the podcast recently, average above replacement player is effectively how much better did Tendulkar average than his peers who 
you know, were top six batters and performed reasonably well themselves in their own right. Um, so he was he was plus twelve point nine, which is good enough for eleventh all time. So top sort of top ten, top top eleven. It's um, actually higher than I would have yeah. thought. Mm. And, and and in terms of his peak, so you know, we talk about um, we talked about sort of you know reaching the pinnacle of of cricket, and Tendulkar really did that three times in his career. I think nineteen ninety three, he had a calendar year where he averaged ninety one point four six hundred and forty runs, two hundreds, five fifties. 99-2000, or the calendar year 99, 10 matches, 1,088 runs, uh, highest score of 217, average 68, 500s in the calendar year. And then 10 years later, or 11 years later in 2010, 14 matches, 1,562 runs in the calendar year, uh, highest score of 214, 700s, 550s, average 78.1 in 2010. So over a period of almost 17 or 18 years, he's got three peaks there in terms of, you know, dominating test cricket and, you know, a magnificent, a, a little master. I think I think Raj should probably have have the first word because I know he's a, a huge fan of yours. But just before we we get Sachin's to that, he's a huge fan of Raj. Oh, <laughs> yes. I'm sure he is. He is. Absolutely, I'm sure he is. But but I, I, to sort of frame that discussion, I guess the the sheer span of Tendulkar's career is is just astonishing. And when I think about like uh, you know he, he started Test cricket at 16, mm. played till he was 40. Like that is just Incredible. unbelievable. I mean. Where were you guys in your cricketing career at 16? Uh, not, not anywhere near there, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. Um, the main, it's very hard when you're talking about well, such an even the person we're going to talk about after to not do a sort of this is your life, you know, mm. sort of thing about them. And I've kind of just tried to focus on a couple of things. And that first one I think we should explore is the longevity. Just talking about those peaks that you're talking about, there were three peaks over what, 17 years? Yeah, so 1993, 99 and 2010. I mean, he debuted, I think, 1989, something like that, something yeah. r- ridiculous. Last game in uh, 2013 at age 40. So, you know, he had a 24, 25-year international sporting career, which is almost unheard of, really. Yeah, absolutely. You asked where, you know, where I was when I was 16. I actually saw Tendulkar. Um, he, he played a club game when he was, uh, or a game at my club ground when he was on that first Indian tour of England, Brilliant. I think. Um, and he had the big Morant pads at that point and the bouffant hair and, and the massive, you know, the massive bat as well, even, you know, even even back then. One of the things I did want to ask Baldy about, that sort of longevity, and we, we've rewarded players throughout the course of this um, series with their longevity. And, and then there's a few that have we've, um, sometimes we've we, seen we, kind of once it reaches a certain point, point it's, does, it, does it actually yeah. even matter do, does it does it really matter I, I guess what I'm really keen to, to understand and, and we kind of trail this at the start of the pod things have probably evolved even over the course of the three years that we've been um, you know trucking our way through the Hall of Fame I pulled up a, a set of comparison stats boardy which is Steve Smith so Steve Smith's just ticked over a hundred test matches uh, for nine, nearly nine and a half thousand test runs. So if you extrapolate that, you know, if if he did have that sort of longevity, he'd go on and get somewhere near eighteen thousand test runs, and probably clock up over sixty hundreds and you know close to eighty fifties. Um, strike rates is one that can't be measured um, as accurately because mm-hmm. I think at the start of Tendulkar's career they weren't really sort of doing the ball by ball. But when you kind of now look at it, are there going to be some of the guys that are 
in that pantheon now, and we talk about Virat, we talk about maybe Steve Smith, we even maybe talk about a, yeah, Kane, a Kane or a, or a Roos. You know, if we, you know, it's really difficult to do, but how can we maybe look at where Sachin might finish when, when some of these guys have, have finished their test cricket careers as well? Yeah, fascinating question. And I think the the longevity of his career in terms of starting at, at the tender age of 16 and going all the way through to 40, I don't know if, he, he might have been dropped once in his career, but I'm not, not even sure if he was even dropped once. But certainly he's had fluctuations in form. But if you have a look at it, like he averaged, like he did 1,000 runs in a calendar year in 97, 99, 01, 02, 08, and 2010 when he did 1,500 runs in a calendar calendar year. And he, and he kind of tailed off a little bit. He only had sort of 270 runs in his 40th year but I would be shocked if Steve Smith was still playing test cricket at 40 or even 37 38 these guys tend to finish their careers in the domestic T20 circuit nowadays more often than not so for every Jimmy Anderson there are a dozen Smith Russell kind of uh, players that finish playing that that shorter form of the game so I don't think we will see players have as long a career as as even Alistair Cook had you know 113,000 runs for him even though he retired at the, what 33 32 something like that yeah. he's still going around the first place he's so. an outlier isn't he as well because he played predominantly test cricket or played yeah. a lot of test cricket exactly whereas that's not really the the, the, the dumb thing now yeah exactly at the moment sorry just just on just on that piece as well if I'm correct I believe he was the first person to score a double hundred in one day cricket as well mm-hmm. um, I know yep. this is the Test Cricket Hall of Fame but in terms of, of a legacy you've got someone who comes in who's swashbuckling you know in the late ni- late 80s early 90s mm. and then he still goes on and scores that first double hundred in, um, in 2010 I think it was um, that's a massive legacy on the game and where we are now mm. uh, uh, yeah I mean I've, I think I've been one of the biggest sort of advocates for why are we putting someone here just because they've played this long? Like, I've been probably the most critical, I think, at going through this process of, oh, they're just here because they've played 100 games and it's not fair on these people. Like, you know, like the Rabada Broad bait debate that we had and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But I actually think for Tendulkar, it's almost the reverse. I think that the 200 tests is such an incredible stat that that is really meaningful and it's almost one of those numbers that, you know becomes such an like you said in the intro it becomes an important number in the way that you know the next person we're going to talk about their average becomes such an important number I think it's almost equally as impressive Mm. as what uh, as that average number you know even though like Binksy said there are many there are many players look there's you know you've got if you look through the averages of test cricketers test batters he's he's 20th or something like that yeah you know you've got you've got Bradman then you've got the Harry Brooks and the Adam Voges of this world but then you sort of run into Herbert Sutcliffe, Steve Steve Smith, Wally Hammond, Gary Sobers, Painter, Sangakara, Callis, you know, even Kane Williamson has a better average than Tendulkar. But I do think that the the sheer longevity and yeah, I mean, you know, 16, he was out there facing, like it wasn't like he was, oh, okay, let's give him a, a game against Bangladesh. He was out there against Pakistan with Wakar and Wazim and Imran Khan and like, Australia were pretty good then. Yeah. The, the other question I probably wanted to ask of, of you two boys, you, you've been big advocates of the eye test. I know uh, probably you've exceeded your YouTube bandwidth at home <laughs> um, doing research for this section of the pod. 
How complete a batter do you think Sachin is in the pantheon of those great players? I, I kind of look at someone like Ponting, who had, you know, the ability to play, you know, a fantastic on drive, a great pull shot, uh, could sweep, use his feet to the spinners. But then you look at Tendulkar, he, he had this sort of almost brilliant simplicity about his game. Is, is there anyone that you've, you've kind of taken a little bit of a look at through the course of the eye test on this segment over the last uh, six or seven years and and and, and kind of said oh, they're better than than this guy from a just a pure aesthetic you know what i was actually thinking about and i was going to talk about it when we talk about the next person but some of those great west indians you know in that sort of 50s 60s 70s period the way they flowed through the ball was 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 very different um to what was going around at that time and I think that it is better than you know from an eye test what Tendulkar had but that's a completely different the way he grew up, the pitches he played in, uh, even the outlook on how they thought they would score runs, you know, they thought they could score those runs in that way throughout the whole world, which, you know, India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka have struggled to do. He was able to adapt and mm. go and, and, and even if he had a more, cla- or classic's not the right word, a more rudimentary style, mm, yeah. a more uh, simplistic style, was able to adapt and still score runs in mm. Australia, in England, in New Zealand. It, it's no secret that Bradman is next on the list, right? And if we, if we, Bradman, <laughs> Australian guy, our batter, um, he he remarked when he watched Sachin mm. that he was Sachin was the player who most reminded him of himself um, in terms of style mm. and and the way he played the cover drive in particular. Ironic that we've got the the bottle of wine here on the desk, but the way he played the cover drive in particular and that kind of as Bradman described it, that almost rotary style of, of flowing through the ball, uh, which is very different to the way that modern players play now, where it's almost a sort of a punch style. Um, and Tendulkar was able to do that despite having a very, very heavy bat. You know, he famously had mm-hmm. a, a very, very heavy bat that allowed him to play wonderfully through the ball down the ground, and particularly on low pitches. You know, having a heavy bat allows you to, to really hit the ball down the ground. He had tremendously strong wrists, um, even for a small guy, was able to use leverage to great effect. So I don't think there's anyone who's had, in the modern era that I can remember, a better all-around technique. There have been players who have been more powerful, who've had more compact defences, who's who in one category or another have exceeded Tendulkar. But if you were to model yourself on, on one player, I don't, I don't think you could go past him, really, in the modern era. It, it's funny, the um, yeah, you mentioned Bradman and, and that what he said, and um, I watched a, a good doco, actually, that was Bradman, sort of sort of about Bradman and Tendulkar and about their meeting and uh, all, all of that kind of stuff. And, yeah, he, he talks, Bradman talks glowingly about Tendulkar. Tendulkar does the same about Bradman. But one thing Tendulkar said on there that struck me was the, he said that he always tried to hit the ball which, you know, yes, okay, that makes complete sense. But if you think about, when I think about a lot of the players that we've talked about recently in terms of test cricket, they're trying to leave it. You know, there's a lot of leaving. Obviously not in the baseball era now. but not in, in the Ben Duckett mould. In the, in the era that Tendulkar was playing, there were the Rahul Dravids. There were players that tried to occupy the crease, and I found it very interesting that Tendulkar said that, yeah, he was always trying to hit the ball. It wasn't, even if it was off the stumps of it, he was trying to feel the bat on the ball. But then you flip that to the thing that I noticed when I was watching him is his balance. He's just so calm. And, and even like those pushes down the ground, you know, he's got quick bowlers running in and I mean, he's just like just a short little jab, flies to the boundary. Yeah, it's, he's awesome to watch. And just to sort of add to that, I think it's something that probably wasn't isn't covered enough is 
the mental aptitude to actually play to the conditions. It's something that we have lost a little bit today because a lot of pitches are very similar when you go to different parts of the world. But the fact that he, if he needed to put that cover drive away, he could. Mm. If he needed to sit on the back foot and ramp it over the slips, he could. You know, he was able to take certain shots out of his game to minimise the chances of him getting out. That's a skill that I don't think is talked about enough with him and it's something that's lost in a few of our, you know, batsmen these days, I believe. Well, and on the mental side, I mean, he meant the world to, uh, you know, a billion people, right? Like, I don't think that's, I don't think that should be underestimated. Yeah, and I probably want to ask that question last when we when we talk. We you know, as we said, no spoilers. Bradman's next, but let's talk about the the legacy and and probably that impact on the game because I think that's going to be a good final uh, final question. But but let's talk about the Don um, Baldy. You know, you're going to run through the the stats in a moment. Mm-hmm. I, I look at, just because it's me. I've I've tried my best to find a way to to argue that he's not. <laughs> number one on this list and there isn't a, sting, a single statistic there that would support even half an argument um, around that whether it's you know top score conversion rates you, you know you look at his first class record it's just insane that he played 234 first class games 28,000 runs and still averaged over 95 um, but talk us through that, those stats and, and particularly let, let's look at I think the one that's going to make us fall off our chair which is that comparison with his era <coughs> Yeah, so so I mean, there's lot there's lots of famous numbers in in Bradman's you know um, career history role. Uh, there's lots of famous numbers in cricket. You know, 87, 111, 200. Um, but probably the most famous of them all is his batting average, 99.94, 52 tests, 80 innings, 6,996 runs at 99.94 a highest test score of 334. He made 309 of those in a day. He made 100 of them before lunch on that day in 1930. Uh, That's of his 29 hundreds. I think that's 14th of all time. He's got 12 double hundreds. That's first all time. He's got two triple hundreds. That's also first all time. All of that in only 18 innings, only 13 fifties. So his his conversion rate of hundreds to fifties is better than two to one, um, which is extraordinary. he scored 100 once every three innings or, or better. So if we think about when we grew up watching Ashes Test Series that were six Test Series in the 80s and 90s, he would average 400s in 12 bats mm. um, on average. And on average, one of those would be a double. Um, and every second series or every third series, one of those would be a triple. So th- that's the kind of prolific um, you know, rate at which he, he scored runs um, to the point where newspapers across Australia and England would run, he's out on the front page of the newspaper. Um, and, you know, gate takings would famously double. If Bradman was playing, you'd pay, you know, sixpence or whatever it was, and, and you'd be paying half of that um, when when he, he didn't play. Um, so just to run through some of the, you know, the firsts, the top records, um, most runs in a series by a captain, highest career batting average, uh, um uh, fastest to 2,000 runs, fastest to 3,000 runs, fastest to 4,000 runs, fastest to 5,000 runs, fastest to 6,000 runs. He would have been fastest to 7,000 runs, but famously in his last innings, needing only four uh, to average 100 for his career. Poignantly, he was uh, bowled by a googly for a duck. Um, lots and lots of conjecture as to whether or not he was crying and he was you know, visibly upset because he had a standing ovation and a 
you know, guard of honour from the England players. He, he denies that. A um, couple of others, most runs in a series, 974 runs in a, in a five-test series. Um, like I said, most runs in a day, 309. And I think there's only six players that have ever scored 100 um, on day one of a test match before before lunch. So, look, there's, there's so many superlatives. The one that stood out for me was a 2004 survey that was done across not just cricket but a, but a number of sports. Um, and they used modelling for um, extreme weather events. So it was like a hydraulic systems, rainfall, flooding system thing to try and identify outliers in sports. So they looked at a whole bunch of different sports and golf and uh, basketball and major league um, major league baseball they looked at hockey so they looked at the likes of Wayne Gretzky Jack Nicholas Michael Jordan um, David Campisi from a rugby perspective um, the average above replacement player the thing that we keep talking about the number of standard deviations that Bradman was away from his peers was not just the most in cricket history it's actually the highest number of standard deviations away from any professional sporting cohort of any sportsman Ever. The only comp that I could find um, was a 555 match streak by Pakistan's Janangir Khan for squash, squash between yeah. 1981 and 1986, um, won 555 matches straight. That's the only kind of standout professional sporting performance that I can think of that's that far above their peers. To give you an example, um, I tried to find a list of players who averaged kind of mid 40s in test cricket so if you have a look at cook averaged 45 tendulkar averaged 53 you put those together and they averaged 98 <laughs> and bradman averaged 99 like mm. that's how far above his peers they were and it doesn't matter what era you look at um he's still light years a, 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 above his peers um there's heaps of different arguments that you can make for whether or not um pitches, equipment, athleticism, sports science, nutrition, the weight of expectation that players like Tendulkar had compared to Bradman. But all of the arguments I think boil down to is that he was just that much better than his peers at the time. It's very hard to find a comp for him. What What's the actual number in terms of runs? You gave us Tendulkar's before. It was 11 point something or 12, something you said. Oh, Bradman's average Bradman's above replacement average player. Points, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got it here. Let me just scroll across to it. Uh, plus 52.12. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what's the? Do you have the next one? So, so he's essentially... What's second? Uh, Approximately. Second, yeah, I'll find, I'll find second yeah. for you. It's, I think it's, like, you it's, carry like, on. it's like 15 <laughs> or 16. Yeah. So, so he's like Viv Richards better than... Everyone else in the world, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, one of the. Um, there was some great lines from that that ABC doco that I watched, um, and yeah, someone said, you know, more record. Bradman got more had more records than a gramophone. I thought I enjoyed that one. <laughs> and um, when when uh, he met Tendulkar, this is quite a famous yarn. You guys might have might have heard, but when him and Tendulkar met, Tendulkar said to him, you know, what do you think you would have averaged these days, Sedon? And he goes, oh, around 70. And Tendulkar goes, oh, why 70? He goes, oh, 70 not too bad for a 90-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's other stories, actually. Like, that's obviously a joke, but there's other stories of, like, Jeff Thompson bowling to him when he was about 60-something, bowling spin, and, and then, uh, you know, then bowling a few little mediums at him. And then going, we could use this guy tomorrow. So he obviously, you know, was still a quality player. And could still hold his own at, at, a, at an advanced age. It's actually interesting, like you know, you're hearing all these these numbers, these records, and 
I don't think that I'm finding it as impressive as it actually is because I can't comprehend it all, mm. if you know what I mean, how how far above he was of his peers and just would you would you would you like a would you like a you know Olympic swimming pools version of it? Yes. He's that far above his peers that he is in in like if you just put it in top six batsmen who've played Test cricket who've averaged forty, he's one in five hundred and six million. So statistically, in the history of the humankind, he comes along twice. If 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 Test cricket had been played for the entirety of the existence of human beings, there'd be two of this guy. That's how rare. Mm. this particular you know so you're telling me he's not actually unique <laughs> he, he, he if if he wasn't it would be him and tyrannosaurus redman <laughs> um, I, I want to be slightly controversial go for it Let, let's let's move on a little bit and talk about legacies of these two players mm. um and I guess I'll frame this in in the following way, Baldy. You're Australian, so I think you can, you know, you actually speak for all Australians on this podcast, <laughs> and that's you know we, we've we, that's well established. Famously, he wasn't particularly well liked mm-hmm. within within the game. How much of that selfishness, selfishness, or self uh, determination, or whatever word you want to use, mm. do you think contributed to his greatness on the field? And does it actually have an impact on his legacy when you're, you know, when there is going to be the ABC documentary on the five greatest Australian cricketers? He's yeah. going to be in it every single yeah. time. But is he going to be the one that's most revered um, when you put him into the company of a, you know, a Shane Warne or, um, or a Benno, or a Benno or, you know, so some of the players that have probably done, mm-hmm. um, you know, heaps of stuff. They've had their controversy, mm-hmm. um, but that, you know, they've been involved in the media, they've been involved in other, yep. other bits and pieces mm-hmm. and probably have had arguably a different uh, and yeah. more positive legacy on the game. And, and in answering that, can you also, because something I had down was I, I'm quite fascinated to know what what your, what you heard about him when you were growing up. Mm. Because, I mean, I feel mm. like, not, you know, obviously none of us saw him. We've seen clips now of, yep. of his batting. Um, but what was what was it, what was the, the aura of Don Bradman over Australian cricket when you were a youngster? Um I mean, it was it was so much so that I vividly remember, and I can tell you exactly what the ground looks like at Barrel at the at the Bradman Museum. And I've was very fortunate when I was about nine or ten years old. Dad took me down, and we spent the morning at the Bradman Museum in Barrel. We walked around the ground. Uh, I think they weren't playing that day, uh, but we couldn't get on the centre square. But we were able to walk around under the trees and walk around onto the ground and so forth. So, so you know, in terms of Australian cricketing. Um, pilgrimages to Mecca, um, other than going to the the MCG for a Boxing Day Test match, I've I've kind of ticked the box, um, mm. and that's a memory that will live with me forever. Don Bradman, in many Australian cricketing kids' minds, is is um, romanticised as the ultimate um, boy growing up in a very very poor. Um, upbringing, you know, famously used the corrugated iron shed and a golf ball mm-hmm. and a stump to to train his eye and train his technique. Um, his legacy in terms of the way he impacted Australian cricket, I think, has been underrepresented in, over the history of time in that he was a very, very influential and forward-thinking administrator for cricket. So if you think about um, Australia's role in World Series cricket or the, or the Packer role in World Series cricket. Bradman was for um, it, pushing the game of cricket forward. He was, he was unpopular with his peers. I think there is a certain element of reluctance 
leadership thrust upon him rather than him necessarily being a, a ready-made born leader very very shy person so i think leadership sat uncomfortably with him um and i think if if you look at tendulkar and bradman i think tendulkar bore the weight of expectation and the weight of leadership maybe a little bit better than he did on the playing field um but certainly you know, it's worth recognising that Bradman had a, a terrific impact on pushing Australian cricket forward in an era where a lot of cricket administrators were, you know, in it for the status quo and, and you know, the old boys network. So he ruffled a, a few feathers along the way, I'm sure. Well, and um, I, I will just put a plug in, in Sir Don's uh, camp there that he also was very well known for uh, answering every letter that, that came to him. And I actually tested this out when I was about... 13, 14, sent him a little cricket card I had of Don Bradman. I think I just sent it to Don Bradman Australia or something because I you know, couldn't find his address back in, the, back in those days. A couple of months later, got it back, signed by Don Bradman. So, you know, fa- yeah, you know, maybe ruffled some feathers along the way, but certainly seemed to understand his importance in Australian sporting history and kind of lent into that. So... Either that or your mum signed it and sent it back. <laughs> no, no, no. Exactly. I was going to say, sure, your mum or dad didn't do it. Pretty confident. Pretty confident. And from a, I guess, a, a legacy perspective, we've got to the the end of the the hundred cricketers. In terms of, I, I guess, the numbers, Baldy, these two are definitely at the top table. If this is, you know, the the Hall of Fame wedding, um, or you know, gathering at St Peter's Gates in a hundred. A hundred years time, they're sitting next to each other on the on the top table. Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in in every way that matters, I think Bradman and Ted Dulker are the best two cricketers that have that have ever lived. Um, in 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 they were gen. It feels to me, and I've never met either of them, but it feels to me genuinely good people. I mean, the amount of great good work that Tendulkar's done over the course of his career both on and off the field is, you know, yeah. is... Member is, of Parliament, I think, yep, for a period is, of time. is outstanding. Um, you know, both of them led their country, um, had the weight of expectation on their shoulders through a billion people, through the Great Depression, um, carried the weight of Australia's hopes and expectations and, um, you know, ho- you know, hopes for a better life through, through sport. Um, both players carried that burden. Um, and v- very rarely do you find a cricketer that... Um, particularly with Tindulka, I think, carries himself with as much grace through that expectation. You know, you never once heard of him having a tantrum or, or having a bad day or having a niggle at another player or losing his cool. You know, his ability through 200 test matches to go through that pretty much unblemished in terms of his on and off field record is, is quite remarkable, really. And I think if you add to that, you know, he retired, I think you said in 2013 or something like from that. From, te- from, te- from Test Cricket. Obviously carried on in uh, the IPL, but he's still around and still a, a highly visible character mm-hmm. and, and seems to have actually maintained that. Um, approachability might be the wrong word, mm-hmm. but certainly you feel as if, the, you know, the, the Indian people particularly feel connected to him, feel, you know, uh, as if he's still really, really well revered. And you don't always find that with players who've kind of retired from, from the game. They, yeah, they, they become a little bit bitter and, and twisted like a Jeffrey Boycott or someone like that. So it's incredible. I mean, you look all around sport, it's incredibly yeah. hard to remain at the top of your game. You know, there's countless examples to remain at the top of your game with that, un, you know, so much love for, for you as a person and for, for what you've done. So, yeah. I would completely agree. And look, we, it, it, it's very difficult, I think, for us to sum up 
the careers of these two great cricketers in in 25 to 30 minutes we could spend hours talking about them both i just want to reassure listeners that even though we might not have covered you know back foot no ball uncovered wickets athleticism of bowlers you know fielders fielders all of that kind of stuff only playing a few different nations only yeah exactly depth of opposition all of that stuff it's all on it's all been considered in terms of bringing this this comparison of players together so much so that i actually went and simulated well what happened what would have happened if bradman hadn't missed you know age 31 to 35 with the war which he did right he didn't play Mm. cricket for six years in his peak um Tendulkar, you know, played 25 years. What happened? What would have happened if he played 50 tests? What would have happened if Bradman played the same number of tests? So it's all there in the background, but it's, you know, unfortunately we're going to bury the lead here and, and some of that stuff will never see the light of day other than <laughs> other than the depths of the of the cloud. So um but but what I wanted to convey to the to the viewers and the listeners is that um of these two in particular, I spent a long time and this was four or five years bringing all of that thinking together and i think i got this one right i think it's the only one i got right but only just well and the, the fortunate thing about even bradman i think is that there's there's actually a decent amount of footage out, out mm-hmm. there on him of, of someone you know in his era so yeah i mean yeah if you don't believe baldy's algorithm then you should definitely go in and check out youtube i mean i, I don't know you talked about youtube before but us yeah certainly spent a good few hours looking at tendulka this this past couple of weeks just sort of kind of remembering what I loved watching him as a child. So, yeah, beautiful stuff. Awesome. Well, Baldy, we've sat next to each other on a lot of episodes of this now, probably in excess of, uh, yeah, 15 or 20 Cricketing Hall of Fames. Just want to reiterate to viewers and listeners, the spreadsheets, the algorithms, the amount of preparation that's gone into this from Michael certainly has been has been profound. Um, I'm a sort of one page of notes um, whilst I'm eating a bowl of cereal in the morning um, to, to prepare for this and, and a little bit of YouTube to get that eye test. But this has been truly eye opening in terms of some of the statistics that we've come up with. And, it's been so much um, fun, Baldy. Thanks very much, mate. And, and particularly that average above replacement power to, to think that Bradman's is in excess of 50 really just shows that no matter what the algorithm he was always going to be um, at the top an Australian at the top who would have guessed it as we came <laughs> into this cricketing labour of love but that is all from us here on the Top Water Podcast the Cricketing Hall of Fame for men's test cricketers I'm sure once uh, you've deleted some of the uh, uh, the hard drives, Baldy, you'll, you'll start the next version of this, whatever that may be, and I'm sure it'll pop up on your podcast feed um, over the course of the next six or seven years. Uh, <laughs> but we will be back next week with uh, This Week in Cricket. There's plenty going on. We've got Kane Williamson's fitness is probably two weeks away from being decided. World Cup squads galore and our preview of that white ball tournament coming up in your podcast feed pretty soon also some one day international uh, cricket going on and t20 cricket going on with new zealand in england at the moment as well so uh, plenty to cover on the cricketing airways but for now it's good night and good bless from us all here in auckland see you soon good night